Welcome to the Episcopal Church of the Holy Communion. Thank you for joining us for this sermon. You can find all of our sermons at holycommunion.net and our Facebook, YouTube, and podcast channels. Consider hitting like or subscribe. Consider sharing this sermon with others. It helps us to reach more people like you. We are so thankful to those who support our ministry. You can give today at holycommunion.net backslash give. Good morning. I was so honored to be asked by Reverend Mike to speak with you at such a momentous time in the history of our community. To my dear friend Shirley, um, thank you for your friendship and for your faith and commitment, not just to this congregation, but to our community. As institutions, our school district and your church go way back. In fact, we came to life at nearly the same time. University City's first public school opened in 1868. Holy Communion was founded a year later in 1869. Though your first congregants established Holy Communion several miles east of here, near downtown, even then we occupied common ground. Your forebearers first worshiped in a brick schoolhouse. Then we grew closer. Our school system as we know it as I love it, got established in 1912 with an enrollment of 679 students. Holy Communion moved to this corner in University City and held its first service Christmas Eve, 1938. Barely more than a half mile from the then newly brand new University City High School, 1930, and Jackson Park Elementary School, 1933, and the former Hanley Junior High, 1936. Holy Communion grew, and so did we. Today, the school district of University City enrolls 2,600 students in grades pre-K through 12, and we have added schools, we've closed schools, we've repurposed schools, we have a new administrative building in the third ward on Olive, and so, yes, we've grown. The cornerstone for this beautiful sanctuary where we are gathered here today was laid in 1950. Reverend Mike tells me that you now have approximately 450 members. More important than the numbers and the dates that I just shared are the values that we hold dear and the way in which this congregation has brought them to life in these times and in so many ways. I take note in particular, Holy Communion's work in providing school supplies for Barbara C. Jordan Elementary School, for providing tutoring supports, and more recently, calming kits to help our students learn how to manage emotion, regulation, and just sometimes this thing called life. We are so grateful for your support we are grateful, too, for what I would call your wokeness. Holy Communion, over several generations, has been at the forefront of social justice movements. It was the first parish to celebrate an interracial marriage. It provided a forum for the Black Panthers to speak their truth. It supported a Vietnamese family that sought political asylum in America. You have long fostered diversity, equity, and inclusion within your congregation. 
And in the throes of this pandemic, you created Laundry Love at a nearby laundromat to support your hard-pressed neighbors. Going on many years now, you have participated in gun violence provision programs and advocacy. Holy Communion doesn't just pray, y'all act. I'm here to encourage you to keep on keeping on and to tell you where your school district stands today. And even though you may not send your children to U-City, you are part of our family. So this is your school district. Let me start by quoting a late great philosopher who grew up not too far from here. His name was Yogi Berra. Yogi once said, the future is not what it used to be. Some consider that a malaprop, maybe, but at the same time, I would argue that it is profound. The future is not what it used to be in University City as well as across the region. As you all know, we have long had our challenges when it comes to providing an equitable, equitable quality education for all children. But the pandemic, along with the political and social upheaval in recent years and months, has created a new dynamic. It has given us a conscious choice. We can circle the wagons or we can lead. We can be driven by events or we can shape them. With your help and support, we will lead. With your help and support, we set an example for others to follow. We live in frightening times. We not only have a pandemic to, can deal with, to contend with, we also have another pandemic, systemic racism. But fear mongers who spread hate and disinformation, what we used to call just blatant lies, we have political leaders who think they know better than educators what is best for students in their schools. They have taken to suing public institutions that are strapped for resources, that are fighting each day to support the academic, social, emotional well-being of children. They're suing these same institutions because we require children to wear masks to keep them safe. In North County, five to seven percent of African-American children are vaccinated. Five to seven percent are vaccinated. So why would we not provide a layer of protection for our children, our most vulnerable? We have some parents, thankfully not in my district, who want to ban books that give voice to the voiceless, that give life to our history that we want to erase and act as it didn't happen. We also have individuals who have gone so far as to threatening teachers and administrators with bodily harm, including me. They mean to put fear in our hearts. I have to admit, I'm vulnerable and I'm a human being, and yes, I am fearful at times. But then I take from the words of Amanda Gorman, the young poet who spoke at President Biden's inauguration. In a recent op-ed in the New York Times, she spoke of the fear she felt on inauguration day, just a couple of weeks after the, the insurrection at the Capitol. 
She had considered stepping aside, fearing that her words, her very presence would trigger more anger, more violence, perhaps against her, perhaps against those she loved. But then she decided, and I quote, to look at fear not as cowardice, but as a call forward to fight for what we hold dear. Fear can be love, trying its best in the dark. Amanda Gorman said, so do not fear your fear, own it, free it. This isn't a liberation that I or anyone can give you. It is a power you must learn for, look for, learn, love, lead, and locate for yourself. Every day I try to locate that power for myself, just like you, I pray. I read the Bible, and yes, like Holy Communion, I act. One of my favorite Bible stories comes from 1 Samuel 17, the story of David and Goliath. As you might imagine, given my less than imposing stature at the altar here, I resonate with David. You know from that story that David was a mere shepherd boy. He wasn't even supposed to be facing off with Goliath. His brothers who were soldiers thought he had just come to watch the show. Saul the king thought just by looking at David that he was too small, too young, too unworthy, and too unprepared. But David reminded Saul that as a shepherd and with God's help, he had warded off and killed lions and bears. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear, David told King Saul, who rescued me from the hand of this Philistine. And so Saul said to David, go, and the Lord be with you. And so the Lord has been with me as well when I showed up in places where people thought me too small, too young, too unworthy, and too unprepared. My first teaching position came in the St. Louis Public School District, where I faced a Goliath of a principal who took a look at all five foot zero and then 100 pounds and 23 years old of me and decided I didn't have what it would take to walk into an inner city classroom and do what needed to be done to help children. I just don't feel like you can handle this, Sharonica. It's just too much, he said. I begged him to let me stay begged him to let me take a classroom with 12 students with identified special needs, all boys, by the way, and help them learn to love learning. He relented. Mr. Robert Hudson was that principal's name. While he is deceased now, he continued to be a mentor and a support for me throughout my career and even was there to celebrate my wedding. You see, when you have meaningful relationships with good people, they stick and stay with you. Now I am just more than twice as old as I was then. You can do the math. Um, I have grown and learned and evolved in so many ways. But one thing that I continue to do is to build relationships, one student, one teacher, one parent at a time. And I would add, one congregant at a time. Let me tell you about one University City parent and Holy Communion congregant that I value so much. Her name is Lisa Hainer. And I wasn't gonna get emotional. I know where it's coming from. Ms. Hainer is a recent transplant to St. Louis. Though you would never know it, as she has so thoroughly embraced and become part of the community in which she lives, 
If you look at her wildly interesting and creative website, you will find that she describes herself as a spouse and a mother of three fears, and they are fierce, adventurous children, one part ringmaster, one part short order chef, two parts nurturer, three parts unapologetic word nerd. Lisa wants to be where the action is. She says as long as she doesn't have to be in center stage. When she isn't pushing for educational equity in her community or volunteering with local organizations, she loves to sing and play her instrument. Lisa believes firmly in the words of Mary Poppins, in every job that must be done, there is an element of fun. Well, that self-description certainly rings true with my experience. Ms. Hainer is a light for Pershing Elementary School and the U-City community as a whole. She genuinely, and I'm gonna use that genuinely because a lot of people talk it, but she lives it. She genuinely embraces all people and leans into differences as a way to build community. Her work with our One U City district-wide PTO organization reflects her commitment to equity, particularly racial equity. While her family is technically in the minority group as one of the only few white families at Pershing, she is intimately a part of our U-City family. I don't use the word family lightly. I truly feel that Ms. Hainer is an extension of me as I work to disrupt oppressive systems in U-City and throughout our region. I am blessed to know her, her husband, Tim, and I absolutely adore her children, Adeline, Eleanor, and Saloma. With Ms. Hainer and so many parents, educators, and community members like her, I wake up each day with the strength, right? The strength to fight for just racial, equitable, quality educational experiences for our children. One way we are doing this is to engage with Nicole Hannah-Jones' new book, The 1619 Project. As I'm sure you are well aware, Hannah-Jones' work has been attacked and legislated by many politicians looking to make hay. But we believe as educators that it is vital to the discussion around American history and the role that race and yes, slavery has played in shaping our society. That is a fact. Before the pandemic, we were planning to have Ms. Hannah Jones visit University City High School in person. We have now extended an invitation to her to join us in one of our virtual sessions as we dive into her work. Along with that, we are working with the University City Library to host a community-wide book study of the 1619 Project. Our kickoff event was well attended on Friday, but it is not too late for any and all of you to join us as we will be hosting weekly events all month, ending with the fireside chat at our high school on February 28th. But that won't be the end of it. We teach history that something called hard history, which really reflects those pieces of our story that might make us cringe a little bit, that might make us a little bit uncomfortable, um, that might you know, make us wonder how individuals could be so inhumane. But in that, it is necessary for us to have those hard conversations and to study that hard history. So I invite you to go to our website at ucityschools.org so you can learn more about our efforts. So when you walk in my shoes, you get brickbats plenty, but occasionally you earn recognition as well. I thank you for recognizing me and valuing my work.
enough to have me even come and speak to you. Thank you for the invitation. On a previous occasion, I was recognized by the St. Louis American as a stellar performer in education. They called me the disruptor in chief. I was humbled by that honor, but so proud of that title. And that's what the work is about for me, that my actions are what got the recognition, not the position, but to be recognized for actively working to dismantle systems that stand in the way of our children being the finest citizens, the best human beings they can be. Episcopal Church of the Holy Communion, the educational challenges we face as a nation, and yes, right here in U-City, are Goliath. I firmly believe that God only presents a person with a Goliath unless he sees a little bit of David in them. And I know that God sees a little bit of David in me. So I will leave you with another biblical passage that I read and I reread and truly guides how I show up and how I stand as a leader. Joshua 1.9, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord, your God, will be with you wherever you go. Amen.